1: Hi everyone! It's Natalie Jean, it's Natalie Jean, and Nat. it's Nat. Chatting with Nat, yes, we have Americana indie pop singer songwriter Aaron Pete Luke's Nashville-based Americana indie pop singer songwriter Aaron Pete Luke's releases her new EP EPL on March fourth, two thousand twenty-two. Recorded in Nashville in March 2021 and produced by songwriter-musician Rachel Bayman, the songs were inspired by Luke's love of the bluegrass music she studied, played in the past, and the pop and rock music she grew up singing. Her former tour manager once says, you can't can't love Earl Scruggs and Taylor Swift at the same time. Luke vowed to make music for those who do. Let's give her a round of applause. How are you, Erin? I'm great. I love the uh the live studio audience. <laughs> the applause. Yeah, that's awesome. My my hands would not be able to do you justice. So you need yeah. to feel warm and fuzzy. So you know you gotta have that applause out <laughs> there. Um. Yeah,
0: I I feel it's a rainy, cold day, but I feel warm and fuzzy right now.
1: All right. Well, I did my job. I'm happy. Um, So how have you been during this whole crazy, crazy past three years? Um,
0: Yeah, I mean, it had my whole life changed. Like, yeah, I like, I, you know, I, I, one of the biggest things was I always resisted getting a dog because I was traveling so much and then the pandemic hit and it was like, I would have I would thought I was going to die unless I got a dog. And so I got a dog, and now I have a dog, but I'm back to traveling and touring again. So now I just do it with the dog or, you know, my parents watch her. But, yeah, really this whole – I did a lot of things I've been always meaning to do because of the pandemic and everything. I
1: love you already. <laughs> and I have two cats, but eventually I want to um... – get a, a couple of dogs i i love animals and you know during the pandemic a lot of people i mean it was the greatest thing for animals people were adopting yes. left and right it was a beautiful good they thing were.
0: i did and hear they- about these sad instances, like i heard some sad instances where a lot of people gave their animals back once we went back to work which really makes me really sad yeah like, no you gotta,
1: you gotta be ready for it you know
0: yeah that
1: that bothers me that hurts me um, especially, I, I just don't understand people. People that have had their pets for years, and then they have to move. And some have left their their pets in the home. Some have yeah. they rehome. Well, if they rehome them, that's great. I don't know why they can't just bring the, the pets to the shelter. I mean, that is just cruel. And then you see. Yeah, yeah. I I, actually, I I
0: have a cat. I I adopted a cat too, and I got the cat. The guy who owned him before just moved and was like, I don't want to move with this cat. So, I mean, he rehomed him to a good home, but I was just like, how could he raise a cat for five years from a kitten and then just not want it? It just
1: doesn't make sense. I don't understand it, and I have to confess, I'm one of those ones that are on either Instagram or or Facebook and they'll show you stories about animals being mistreated or homeless on the streets, and I'm one of those that'll sit there for hours, bawling, crying, (gasps) Oh. oh my god, why do these people do this? Um, I just, oh my gosh, I, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I just don't know why these people do that, but they're out there, and uh, hopefully all of these animals eventually get homes of their own because they need. And, and, what people don't realize is that, you know, animals are very sensitive. Those that are re- returned back to the shelter, they'll sit in a corner, they'll cry, they're scared. Um, mm-hmm. they just, yeah, you're exactly right. You better be ready for all of it, and you better keep, keep the pet, okay. That's that's for me. Yeah, once you
0: once you my, once you adopt an animal, you take on their financial responsibility of their that's health right. and their well-being for until that's they right. pass away. That's just oh, the way that that's how I feel about my when I got my animals. I got them. The cat was five. The dog was three. And I was just like, these are my pets until they die. Right. I'm just going to take care, make sure that they have the best life possible because that's my responsibility now.
1: See? Oh oh my god! I love you. I, I you're a <laughs> perfect. You are a fur mommy. You have joined the ranks oh, of the I, fur oh, mommy. Yes. <laughs> I, I think everybody
0: who follows me on social media knows that I am completely a fur mom. <laughs> a right.
1: Now, obviously, <laughs> the pandemic and everything surrounding the pandemic was crazy. Um, but there are some, you know, there's cons, there's pros. Obviously, the cons is people got sick, people died, a lot of people lost loved ones. Some people are still on ventilators, or some people had to have limbs amputated. But on the pro side of things, yes, there are pros. Um, and I always tell people, this. the oddest things for me that I saw were people walking outside with their families. You know, because so people were so consumed mm-hmm. with or their cell phones and stuff like that, and people had the time to walk outside. Um, animals and Mother Nature. You know, when we weren't outside, the pollution level went down. The animals in the trees. Yeah. Were going- it is so lovely. Do you think they'll come back? Hopefully not. But we did come back. Um, there are people that yeah. <laughs> decided, to, decided to cut back on work hours because they realized they weren't spending enough time with their families. There are people that completely quit their jobs because they realized, oh my gosh, I need to do something that makes me happy. Money's great, but um, after this pandemic, it seems like life is even shorter. And then you have artists. That decided to rebrand you have artists that decided to, just to do their own thing um, create new music you know there's a lot of uh, introspection a lot of self-reflection during this time so during this time did you time take time to self-reflect did you decide to stay the same as the artist did you want to do something different what did you think about
0: yeah um I definitely went through that my band of seven years we sort of it wasn't quite a breakup, it was more like a disin- disintegration, um, mm-hmm. because the pandemic made those guys think about what they wanted, and, you know, one of my bandmates went on to join another band, one of my oh. bandmates decided that, he, you know, his where his music wanted to go was not necessarily where my music wanted to go, which was okay. hard, um, and then once that happened, I was like, Usually with that band, whenever someone left, it was clear who was coming in next. It just it seemed to work out where like one person would leave, but we turn around and there it is. There's the next person that's supposed to be in the group. But this, it didn't. I didn't see the future anymore with that band, um, and it really sounds like a relationship whenever I talk about it. But yeah, so I just was, like once I finally like allowed myself to, to like, could I let go of Thunder and Rain? Is that something that I'm willing to let go of? And I thought, yeah, it feels like it might be time to just not because i was grasping so hard to try to make it work and it just right. i literally just let go and that was it
1: wow yep a lot of things changed i know for you know for me you know i i, I definitely before the pandemic i was like oh i want to be more f- effective player with my music because i do a lot of social impact message songs and um and then after uh, during the pandemic i said i'm definitely doing that um you, there's a lot of things we learned through the pandemic you know about friends family some people we just had to let go of uh, everybody i talked yeah. some people were like yeah and friended quite a few people um didn't realize they were so you know x y and z um right it's been truly uh an interesting dy- dynamic uh trying to live through this and there were mornings i would pinch myself and say okay are we in the 21st century what's happening here
0: um, yeah, I know. It's a, it does feel very like unreal. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You think about
0: something like this, would you
1: know, 1930s, 1940s, not 2020. No, not that time. Now, how did you discover bluegrass and country music? Um, was it something that you heard something that you saw? What was it that made you say, okay, Aaron got to do bluegrass country music?
0: Yeah, it's actually funny because a lot of people grew up playing bluegrass with their families or whatever, and mm-hmm. I, I really didn't. I had no, no sense of bluegrass or country growing up. I grew up in Southern California where it was all about Saw and Punk and Red Hot Chili Peppers and Snoop Dogg, and which are all really mm-hmm. great bands. Um, but um, I, I was in college in Seattle,
2: mm-hmm. and Seattle mm-hmm. has
0: a pretty good like, acoustic old-time scene. And I saw this band at this coffee shop that had banjo, mandolin, fiddle. And they weren't quite bluegrass. Now that I think back, they're a little bit more old time. Um, A little bit more, yeah, just not quite like the hard driving bluegrass that is in Nashville that I go see now. Um, And I just remember I couldn't describe what that music was, but I saw them and it was like, I want to do that. And I had several realizations like that. Um, Another one was when I was studying abroad, because even though I saw them, I was like, that's amazing. I didn't quite grasp what it was, nor could I find it. But then my friend introduced me to a band called Crooked Still, and they're sort of like a – they do a lot of bluegrass standards in really cool modern ways. And okay. I listened to them. I was like, whatever this is, this is what I want to do. <laughs> and then the, the kind of the final straw was um, Down from the Mountain, a documentary about Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Right, uh, yeah. Like, it's like Gillian Wells, Alison Krauss, Emmyl Harris are also rhyming like singing together. And I used to watch that documentary every single night and just kind of like, I just absorbed it. And then ever since then, then I was sort of, I was on the rabbit hole, but it took me a little while to finally break in and realize what I needed to do. And then when I realized it, then I started listening to a bunch of bluegrass and going to the bluegrass jams and going to the jams is really what taught me how to do it. That
1: is awesome. Now,
0: do you play an instrument? Yes, um, I play guitar, um, and then I also can I can play mandolin and ukulele and piano. But guitar is my main instrument and what I dedicate a lot of time to, and what I teach. That's awesome!
1: Um, I, I love artists that play an instrument. I don't play one. I'm this is the year I keep seeing this. every year, and I've had a, a smart keyboard. Hey, well, house. you
0: know. Now you know a guitar teacher. I do virtual lessons, so
1: just oh. link up on that. Yes. I, well, you know what? I tried to st- start, um, a couple years back, I tried to do the guitar, and I felt felt like a contortionist. And just recently, um, somebody said, you know they have, um, they make guitars for women. I don't know why they didn't tell me there's <laughs> that guitar center. So, um, or of course, they make
0: a part, they just, you can get, I don't know if it's, I don't know, I mean, that sounds kind of funny, a guitar for women. I, I think maybe what they mean is they make smaller guitars, like parlor size, yeah, 3 quarter size guitars. Yeah. Because some well, guitars can be huge. Like my Taylor is giant, but like you can get a recording king and it's parlor sized. And like I recommend that to like parents of like 10, 11, 12 year old girls because their hands can handle it.
1: Yeah. So I may take you up on that. Um, but I do have a smart keyboard here that's been in a box for five and a half years that I was like, oh. I could, you hook up your, your um, iPad to it and it teaches you how to put uh, I want to open the box. This is here. Because every time I hear somebody it's say, yeah, 2022? 2022, I hear everybody playing. Yeah. you know, I played this instrument, that instrument. But I, I definitely would love to learn how to play the guitar. So I may contact you when I get one, a smaller guitar, yeah. and learn how to play. So that's awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, how important is it for you to be authentic as a person and in your songwriting?
0: Um, In the songwriting? I mean, it's not that important, I guess, because sometimes as a songwriter, you just make stuff up. Right. Uh, like, like I often write from like a, like a true experience, like something that happened to me, but then I'll just sort of like twist it a little bit. Cause either I yeah. don't want the person who's squarely about to know. So I'm like, right. Oh, that's a little too on the nose. I'm going to twist it a little bit or just to make the story make sense. Like, People like, for instance, I wrote this song about my family um, and my and the house I grew up in. And there's this line where, you know, where I say mama's working in the yard and daddy's gone (laughs) on like, like daddy's off or something. And my parents make fun of it because they're like, you make you make it sound like he's left the family. And also mom hates yard work or something. And I'm like, yeah, I, I mean, it's literally just it's a song. I'm just I'm just saying what fits, you know, with the mood and the lines and the rhythm and all that stuff. So honestly to me, authenticity in a song, I guess like I want to be my authentic artist self, but my authentic artist self likes to make shit up. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah.
1: You can create whatever you want. No. I I I think that's awesome. And what that's how I feel about it. All right. And what artists who yeah, what artists inspire you?
0: Um, well, uh Lots of different artists, um, like, as far as musical artists, um, I mean, you mentioned her in my bio, which is Taylor Swift, Hi. really inspires me, um, okay. and has for a long, well, almost my whole damn life, seems like, um, okay. I just, I like the way she's developed as a songwriter, she's writing now, like, she used to kind of write about love and heartbreak and all that stuff. Now she's sort of writing these, like, story songs, like, intricate characters Mm -hmm. and situations. Almost like she watched a movie and decided to write a song about it. And uh, that's pretty cool. And um, I just like some artists, like, I like seeing them evolve. Like, Casey Musgraves is another one. She's, like, evolving through time um, and writing about different things and doing different things with their music. Whether or not you like her direction doesn't really matter to her. And I like it. So, whatever. I just like people love to say things about women musicians, like, Oh, well, now she's all pop. It's like, so? Who cares? Like, she's doing what she wants. I don't know why. And they don't care what you think. So, you know, I would nice. like to see the women songwriters evolve through time. That's been really – any any woman songwriter evolving through time
1: inspires me. Now, how do you – what do you think about that, the whole genre thing? So, you know, a lot of people want you to be in a specific genre. And I do many genres. Now, I'm focused on Americana singer-songwriter folk right now because I just love the storytelling aspect of those. And I do like the instrumentation. I have to be honest with that. Um, But a lot of people, especially that I interview, they're like, they don't like to say that there's a specific genre, which I don't, I don't, I think that's great because we don't tell artists that paint, look, you didn't put a dash of orange or blue in here and this is wrong and this is not the true work that we're doing. So why do they do do this to musicians? So how do you, how do you feel about that whole genre thing? Cuz I always say I'm an artist I create.
0: Uh, yeah, I feel like every recording project requires something different. So right. like on this rec- on this EP that I'm putting out, I have a song called Queen and I when I wrote it, I heard it as a pop song. Like straight up as a pop has mm-hmm. a pop rock song pretty much. And so when it was time to record it, it just it would feel not authentic to the song to put fiddle and banjo in it as much as I am obsessed with fiddle and banjo and honestly I tend to when I listen to music I listen to more music with like more acoustic elements in it then mm. I do like pop too but like right just kind of to me it's like what does this song need what is it calling out for and so I think that's why the genre conversation you know when you're in a band like when I was in a bluegrass band the last album we did we wanted to make progressive bluegrass because that's but what we and that's where what we were and kind of what we developed into at the end of the day and so we set out to make like the best bluegrass album we could possibly make and that had with it its genre but like when you're a solo artist I kind of think you have more freedom to experiment
1: right exactly exactly and I'm the type of person you know I like to put instruments pair instruments that have never been paired together just to give a different sound oh you know, yeah I love doing that and um you know, I was researching country music the other day, and I didn't even realize there was like country gothic music. Wow, what? I didn't yeah, ever yeah.
0: heard that music, but yeah, I it's
1: cool. Yeah, because I was. Well, what I was because I, I have a song that's coming out on February eleventh, and I wanted to. Oh, Thanks. <laughs> and I wanted it to be kind of dark and. Kind of folk singer songwriter, just mixing it all up. And then so I was researching on um on Google, and there's, there's like, yeah, that's country gothic. And I'm like, ah, I'm going, I love this. And I wrote this song. It's basically more for sync, but it's about the pandemic and stuff like that. And I, and I, I like to put curveballs in my stuff. I, I just like to create the music that I want to create. And you know, I don't I don't like having a standard form. So let me ask you this: When you are writing your music, do you prefer to stay in in a standard? Like, you know, I recently learned, even though I do country, that they, you know, they want everything to rhyme and you can't use this word. And my whole concept is that t- it's about telling a story. Why does it have to rhyme? Anyway, <laughs> um, and sometimes I'll write like it's a poem. I won't have, you know, like um, verse, verse, chorus, bridge, verse, and all that stuff. I, I just like to do what I want to do. And I think we should be more artists should be more open i think some artists are afraid to do that because they like to stay in the standard form but i love being open and creative with my music so that somebody when they listen to it they're like oh i didn't think of doing something like that that's interesting so with your your artistry are you open to doing not crazy things but interesting things out there with your music
0: definitely i you know i was thinking about this with um, an artist named John Hartford. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he's kind of a bluegrass troubadour type person from, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. And I think he passed away in the early or mid-2000s. Um, but he wrote so much music, and some of it is so strange. That I'm hard to listen to, but some of it is the most brilliant song you've ever heard. And I kind of think in order to get like the brilliant song you have to write all the weird stuff too like I, yes. I feel like I, and I'm, I, I'm guilty of always trying to write the hit every time I sit down and I've really mm. really lately come to find that it's way more fun to write like a painter paints so you have several canvases right. or you have several songs in the works and you kind of touch on things and experiment because I I think if you don't experiment and let yourself get weird or do this. Then you're never mm-hmm. going to get that. Like, cause John Hartford wrote General on My Mind, which is the most recorded song in history. And General on My right. Mind is like so brilliant. It'll give you chills just reading the lyrics because that brilliant. But I don't think he would have gotten there if he mm-hmm. wasn't
1: out there doing a bunch of weird stuff too. Exactly. Oh, I love that. I just love. I love experimenting. You know, a couple of people have asked me to, you know, co-write on songs and like country music and then. One person said, you kind, of, you kind of dip a toe out. And I really like that. You're not afraid to do different things. I said, because life is short. I mean, for me, the radio stations are inundated with the same type of music over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again. You know, people want something yes. different. And people want music that they can relate to also. You know, it's not always, you know, love, relationship, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's, like, more in the world to write about, you know? And I think, yeah. and I think to a lot of people that during the pandemic there were more people listening to independent artists than before because they had the time to, you know. Yeah, And, and, totally. and independent, independent writers. Like for me yeah, and independent writers premiere are deeper than most than a lot of the mainstream artists. We yeah, we wait, let me ready for my core. Um, so you moved to Nashville from Colorado. How is that? Yeah. So is it like culture shock? Uh huh what was your initial reaction to the move?
0: Um, it was a culture shock, honestly,
1: um, especially because I
0: moved in the middle of the pandemic oh, and wow. uh, like pandemic differently than Colorado does. And <laughs> uh, so I was sort of used to that being treated one way and then it was being treated a different way when I moved here. And there were pros and cons to both. Right. Right. Cause like, it was nice to actually be able to go out and like meet people and play music again. When I moved here, right. was, like that was nice. The caveat is I got COVID again, you know, mm-hmm. so it's like when you take the risk, you take the risk. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like, there's no judgment either way. I, I think, but at the same time it was certainly a shock. Cause I was just really shocked to see people, you know, not going as hard into the protection level of the pandemic as they were in Colorado. Um, Um, so then now I get, now I get culture shock when I go back to Colorado and I'm like, oh yeah, I have to put my mask on to go to a store. And I'm like, I really, I'm really trying to talk about it as neutrally as possible because it's really hard to talk about this and not, you know, start to get into arguments with people. But at the same time, it's the truth is Tennessee treats it differently than Colorado. And that was shocking to me. And that's all I have to say about it
1: yeah it, it, it's funny because during the pandemic I, think I went to oklahoma and it was totally different oh wear your, yeah. mask. Don't wear your mask wear your mask don't worry you get in a car yeah no you don't need to in this it's just like okay my head's about to spin off because of, uh, i don't got yeah this is too crazy for hard. Me. i felt
0: like you know there were people who it was either i was hanging out with people who didn't care about the pandemic Right. And we're sort of reckless about it. But hey, I had friends and they were hanging out and playing music with me. So I was like, this is cool. And you know, I'm taking my risks and making my choice and whatever. This is before we were vaccinated too. And then, and then I had friends who were really, really stringent about it. And I felt left out because I felt like I wasn't in their pod or I wasn't allowed to go in their house. And I got it, but I was also sort of like felt left out in this weird way. And yeah, here, so yeah. It, just got, it was just kind of, I, when everyone got vaccinated, it yeah. got a lot better because yeah. then the people who wanted to be protected, like myself, got vaccinated, mm. got protected, and right. uh, and then the people who didn't didn't, and then we're all a little bit more on the same playing field. Um, so, you know, I'm vaccinated and I like totally get the like pandemic restrictions and I, I follow them wherever I am. But at right. the same time, right. I was also like, well. I need to make friends in a new city, so it was just like I'm gonna, I'm gonna put myself out there and, and hang out with people and take the risk.
1: No, I completely get it. It's, it's just, yeah, it's, just, it's a crazy time now. Tell me about your new EP and you know the writing process for all the songs on there. Um, so I wrote most of the
0: songs of, in the first couple months of the pandemic, March and April 2020. My friend. Mm-hmm who lives in Nashville, Tristan Scroggins. Shout out Tristan. He put out a, a songwriter uh, challenge where every day you had to write about something. And this was so good for me. Cause this was the first time I really started writing like a painter where I was sort of like working on something every day and I wasn't too attached to the outcome. And so I wrote most of the songs that way. And then five of them that way. And then the other two, I wrote in my first two months of living in Nashville. Mm. So, Um, really, and they were both of those times were times of great, uh, isolation. Like when I first moved to Nashville, I didn't have any friends. So I was alone a lot. And then in the the pandemic, I, uh, was quarantined by myself. So both, I was both born out of isolation and boredom and, um, (laughs) which I think are actually good places to write songs when you're isolated and bored. So I think that's
1: why everybody's putting out an album right now
0: is because everyone wrote songs in the pandemic.
1: Yeah. I know a lot of people that did this. They're like, yeah, this came out of the pandemic. You know, it was yep. for me though, is my brain shut down during the pandemic. Like I couldn't write. I wasn't motivated in December, 2020. I did get COVID. It was bad, but bad enough, not bad enough to go to the hospital, but, um, Good. I was Good. non non motivated. <laughs> and then 2021 came and I was, uh, very, uh, motivated and i released like seven no nine singles in 2021 so it was it was very crazy very but i I understand you now i'm going to play your song loneliness or solitude tell us what that's about
0: oh cool um this is actually one of my favorite
1: i think this might be my favorite
0: uh, recording i just love the way it (laughs) turned out um this song I wrote when, after I found out that our UK tour was canceled. It was kind of the most upset I got about right. tour cancellations or show cancellations. Now when they cancel them, I'm just like, okay. But that tour, I was really upset. And I just, it really made me realize that I had no control. And I had to just wait for everything to happen in its own time. So right. I just kind of wrote like, I wrote it cappella actually, which I never really do. Because I just wanted to write like an Irish ballad. And so it, that was kind of my idea behind it. And then it became this whole like rock song.
1: Oh, I love it. Let's play
2: you. Cool. <laughs>
1: That was, beautiful.
0: that was beautiful. Thank Good. you. Thanks. That, you have, that was you cool, cool
1: to hear. You have a beautiful voice. Thank world. you. I Thank mean, you, you appreciate were, that. You were meant to do, Bluegrass Country. That's definite. That's a definite. Yeah. I
0: know. Actually, you might enjoy this story. So I was um, training to drive. I was 16, right? And I was doing the, like, driving training with this dude. Right. And we were, so I was driving, and he was next to me. And I was doing my driving around the town. And the Beatles came on, and I, I was singing to it. And he goes, wow, you have kind of like a country voice. You sound really country. And I was like, ew, I don't like country. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's like, now that's like my entire life. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of funny. Like, I think my voice was always meant to sing bluegrass country Americana. But I yeah, didn't know um, it until later in life.
1: Yeah. Definitely. no, Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, have you thought about getting your song doing sync and licensing? Oh,
0: I mean, who has what songwriter doesn't think about that? Um, it's, it's funny. I think people are always <laughs> like, have you thought of doing a, have you ever thought of doing Bonnaroo? It's like, yeah, I think about it every day. <laughs> Thinking about it doesn't make it happen. <laughs> it, but know, it's, it's, yeah. It's, like, it's definitely one of those things where that's like why I moved to Nashville because I feel like just being here and writing in this town and getting my music out in this town is how I could possibly maybe. Get into something like
1: that. You'd be surprised how many people I've spoken to. I said, "Have you ever thought about doing sync and licensing?" They say, "Oh no, not really." <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, and, they, and they I want to.
0: I want to pay. A, I want to buy a house someday. Yeah, of course it's all about sync and licensing.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm. You know, I like to do my own albums and stuff like that. But most recently, you know, I've delved more into writing for sync, and but I have to be motivated. I can't just be okay. I'm, I can't just sit and write a song. I have to be inspired by something that I've watched or a lot of my mm. songs. Are um, I wrote a song uh, last year. I think it was, I watched a show on Netflix and I was inspired. And I this never happened. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I want to write a song for this, this show. And I did. And it's just, it's just crazy. And, you know, and or are pitching things out there. It's just, yeah. then, you know, Obviously, we're not making money streaming. If you're touring, that's great; you're making some money there. But you get, you got to find different avenues, and sync licensing is just the place to do it now. Mm.
0: Yeah, I'm really like you know. Right now, touring doesn't really make me that much money. Right now, it's sort of a labor of love and like right. investment. Right. Um, so I'm you know I make my money and my rent and <laughs> my bills uh, teaching music, um, private. Yeah private music lessons um and most people in Nashville have something else that they do and I think most musicians like musicians will own you know a restaurant on Broadway or you know there's a musician named Nikki Lane here that she owns a high class thrift shop like a vintage shop and like I think most artists that are smart have other ventures money really off your albums anymore and like I was talking to my friend this morning about starting his own booking agency and publishing company. I think that's a really good idea. Um, So, you know, I've I've thought about like publishing a instructional book for kids on guitar um, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm always sort of thinking outside the box because I love performing and it's definitely like, I'll do it for, it doesn't take that much to get me to perform in the right situation. But I mean, of course it would be ideal if I could make money, good money playing out, And with the thinking, and I mean, I think that's the dream is to really, I don't think the dream is necessarily like, I want to be famous, but the dream is to like, I want to be stable and, and perform and do all these different things and have them all make enough income where I can live comfortably in
1: society, (laughs) you know, kind of the updated dream. I hear you. Now, what do you love most about being in London? And being in what? What do you love most about being an artist?
0: Um, I love, like, the unconventional. I love, I, I guess, I my favorite thing about being an artist is my life has never lacked purpose. Mm. I've always, always known what I've wanted to do. And it's gotten me through a lot of tough situations, you know, breakups or, you know, I had um, surgery on my voice. And that was, like, so, that was, like, as traumatic of an event as I've ever had. And I'm very lucky for that. But... It's just like, you know, I really had to clean up my act in order to be the best singer possible, and I don't think I would have ever, you know, done that if it hadn't been for the fact that I'm just like really driven to uh make art and to have people hear it and to perform right. it. So, I feel like it's just give it's the thread that's run through my entire life and has given me my friends, my community, my 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 finances, everything is because of this art and this desire to make it. And the desire for teaching, it's the desire to pass my knowledge along to others, which I love. I, I know some musicians don't like to teach and do it out of necessity. I love it. I love telling people about music. So um, I really think, I'm really grateful to be an artist and a musician because without it, I don't know. I don't even know what life would be like. So I just if this is my only life and I'm not going to get reincarnated or anything like that, then <laughs> I'm really... I feel very lucky that I'm an artist.
1: Amen to that. I love it. Now I'm going to play your song, Country Music Break, Breaks My Heart. Tell me what that's about. Country Music Breaks My Heart. And it, yep. that's basically okay. what it's about, right? I'm sorry? That's basically what it's about, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's basically about how sad music makes you happy and that or sad music doesn't make you happy. But when you, when you, when you're sad and you listen to sad music, it makes you feel better. All
1: right. Let's play it. you had known before you got into the music industry
0: oh wow um, <laughs> Three things I wish I had known um I wish I uh oh my gosh it's, <laughs> I, I'm flooded with emotion um I I don't I don't I don't know I I kind of am really grateful about how naive I was in some ways like I don't want to I don't want to be like I, ca- I wish I'd known how much people don't care about you or how much money. I guess I wish I'd known how much money everything took. That might be the one thing. <laughs> Ooh, like amen. how much money everything really cost. Cause um, I don't know. Like I feel like I just maybe would have planned better, you know, with my money and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Something like that. Um, and then I wish I knew like that, you know, that it I guess I wish I I wish I could have told myself, like, hey, this will take your entire life. It's not like you get discovered by somebody and then it's over. Like this will That's take right. this is going a lifelong. But I also I'm glad I didn't know that because the naive hope really carries you pretty far in the beginning. So Right, right. Um so like I would never I would never dash a young artist dream like that the stuff I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> really distracted. My dog sees a squirrel outside, and she's literally shaking. <laughs> she's just, like, I want to go after she's it. Out of, she's having, like, out-of-body experience. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I reacted to anything the way that my dog reacts to squirrels. It's, it's something else. Oh um, that, that's Honestly, I wouldn't tell myself anything. I would be like, go forth, young one. Get, like, I don't regret a single thing. I really, really don't. And I know people say that all the time, but it's like, yeah, because, like, a lot of people got beat down by, like, when they went to music school or something. It kind of, like, right. made them think that right. they suck. And I never had a moment like that. I just was so naive and hopeful on this naive cloud that carried me through, like, the first four years of my band. Through a lot of terrible gigs and a lot of terrible situations that I didn't know were terrible. So I'm just, I, I'm glad I didn't know more. That's what I'm saying. I like that. I like
1: that. Yeah, I know. You know, one of the things I want, you just didn't know how hard the music business would be. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. I ever- didn't know.
0: I guess I didn't know how long, I, I recently read one of my diaries from middle school and it horrified me because I, I'm such like a Capricorn, even as a child, I was like mapping out my life plan when I was 12. And by 30, I said I was going to have three kids and quit being a singer because I was right. going to retire from singing at 30. And I was like, oh <laughs> my gosh.
1: <laughs> yes, Whoa. Like, Again.
0: Yeah, no. <laughs> I well, thirty this... seems really old when you're twelve. So I think that's all it was. But yeah, I was gonna move on to my magazine career because I was convinced that magazines were gonna be in in rom coms in the two thousands. Every successful woman worked in a magazine, so I think that's really where it came from. <laughs> Whereas I didn't know that magazines were gonna not become relevant anymore.
1: It's just it's just like you think, but the the, the bottom line is like you only need that one big break and things will just pew, pew, go all over the place. It's just, I keep saying it. That's
0: just that one big break. That's all I need. I think, you know, from what I've seen from a few of my friends that really have sort of broken through is it's not really, you don't really have one big break. You have one really good year. Like that seemed more, mm-hmm. more likely. It's not like one thing's going to change your life, but one year you might have the best year of your life. Like where you literally play all your dream venues and do everything you've ever dreamed of. Like, I kind of think that's really possible. We're like, oh, crap, this is the year where I'm playing NPR Mountain Stage and, you know, Merle Fest and Red Rock and Hardly Strictly Grass, all in the same year. <laughs> but it's, it's like, but for 10 of those, for 10 years before that, you're just
1: vlogging you know? True. That's true. That is a different perspective on things. But I have seen people that's like, they, they, they do one thing and then it's all of the, you know, and like the people on TikTok or, or Reels and stuff like that, they, like there's one guy, I think he's from Africa, all he does is he'll look at somebody else's video that does something, something really hard or stupid or whatever, and he'll show you the basic way of doing it. And it's like, and a and man is a multimillionaire just because he had that, yeah. one idea, that one idea. It kills me. It kills me. Um, One last question is, what inspirational quote, message, or saying do you like to use to mo- motivate you, push you, if you do have one?
0: Hmm, inspirational quote. Um, you know, I don't. I, I I don't really need a quote to be motivated. I actually use quotes to help me calm down, because hmm. I need help more with that to calm down, settle in, um, and to like be more present because I'm quite motivated and ambitious to a fault a little bit to myself. Um, And so I actually think about like, I say here and now to myself a lot. I know it sounds really cheesy, um, Mm -hmm. but I actually, I really, I struggle with anxiety and future tripping and all that good stuff. So um, I actually just think, you know, like I've arrived, I'm here. This is the dream um, right here in this moment, talking to you. I can even remind myself of that. So, Be here now is sort of one of my things I think about a lot.
1: All right, well that works for you. That is awesome, sauce. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for being on Chatting with Nat. God, you have an awesome, beautiful voice. I can't wait for your album to come out so I can listen to it. Thanks, Nat. Yeah, well, I'll definitely send you one when I get the physical copies in a few
0: weeks. Oh, please do. Yes, I will for sure.
1: It on repeat um, I learned a lot from you um, you're awesome especially now that you are you're a fur mama it makes you even more special yep. <laughs> being a fur it's mama. Still,
0: I'm still a mom okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. um, maybe i'm not I'm not a mother to three kids but I'm a mother to two
1: animals and I'll it. take it and yeah. hopefully one day we we can do an IG live. Ooh, that'd be super fun. Yeah, that'd be great. I yeah, love that. Those are, always, those are always super fun. Um, But I hope you have the a great rest of the week, and I'll be watching you. Thanks. You tune out. Thank you so much for having me on. You're welcome. All right, everybody. That was Americana indie pop singer-songwriter, Erin Pete Luke. She's awesome. She's on. She has a website, ErinPeteLuke.com. She's on Facebook. She's on Instagram. She's on YouTube. She's on TikTok. She's on all the streaming platforms. Check her out. Until next time on Chatting with Nat. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard.